Welcome to episode 20 of the Play Your Yards Right podcast. As always, I'm Sasha here with my wonderful co-host, Sarah. We are through week four of the NFL. A whole bunch of stuff in store for you today. Quick uh, Premier League breakdown. All the other sports are going on. Basketball is revving up. Uh, The MLB playoffs are coming in uh, into full swing, which is always exciting. One of my favorite times of the year. I tend to like it if my teams are doing a little bit better than they are or involved. But we are what we are, and we'll break down the NFC beast action. But before that, I want to kick it over to Sarah, and we will start off our episode with a new edition of three-point stances. Yes, so we're going to mix it up today. Instead of concluding here, we're going to start it off with some three-point stances with none other than Adam Singer. Um, some of us who've been, some of you have been listening before may have heard about Recovery for Athletes. We're lucky enough to have Adam, who is co-owner of Recovery for Athletes, on the show. He also happens to be a Bears fan, which I don't know if this is unfortunate timing to be on for you or if the whole season is unfortunate for you as a Bears fan, Adam, but we're happy to have you here today. And yeah, we'll let you tell us a little bit about yourself, recovery for athletes and get into your Bears picks here. Sounds great. Well, thank you, Sasha. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. As Sarah said, yes, I am the co-owner of Recovery for Athletes. We are the premier online retailer for everything that a fitness or athlete would need. That includes athletic recovery, fitness equipment, supplements. We just got into massage chairs, and we also have sauna. So we are really the one-stop shop platform. Uh, We don't charge shipping, and we have everything under one umbrella. So uh, it's been really good this year, and I really look forward to us continuing to grow. And if there's anybody that needs anything, you know where to reach me. My name is Adam Singer, and the company's Recovery for Athletes. Awesome. Great. Well, definitely, I, I think should fit our, you know, audience here. So perfect. And we're happy to have you. So I know three point stances, we like to be open with it. Any predictions, comments, takes? I don't know. Do, do you make predictions for a team that's as bad as the Bears? Maybe. <laughs> but we'll see. What do you have for us coming from Chicago? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, when you guys asked me to join and my my job was to talk about the Bears, I actually wrote down some statistics that I want you guys both to hear as well as the mm-hmm. audience to hear. So I'll kind of go a little slow, but I won't take up too much time. The Bears are bottom 15 in total yards per game. They're bottom 15 in points scored per game. Their defense is bottom five, which means they let up one of the top five most yards per game, and they're in the bottom two, which means they're either giving up the most points per game or the second most points per game. So as you can imagine, they have not won a game. And um, their quarterback, who was supposed to come into the season as an MVP candidate or have a really good season following the end of last year, I have some numbers on him. He's second in interceptions. He's third in times sacked. He is bottom six in QBR. And he is only sixth in quarterback rushing yards. So he's not the best running quarterback. He's obviously not a great throwing quarterback. And overall, their offense and defense is horrendous. So my prediction would be they go into tomorrow, Thursday, against the Washington Commanders, and they are underdogs by about six points I have no reason to believe that they're going to be able to win that game and or get within a touchdown and the reports out of Chicago because I'm obviously well plugged in from just being here and the way that all these social media algorithms work 
I would expect their coach probably to be fired if they lose tomorrow, which is what I expect to happen. Now, the Bears have lost 14 straight games, and their franchise has rarely, if ever, fired a coach midseason. But with that being said, and with the fact that they traded to get Carolina's pick next year, the Bears are in a position here where if they fire their coach and they go with an interim, they could walk into the 2024 offseason with two of the top two or three picks in the draft, their opportunity to hire whatever coach they want, whether it's the offensive coordinator for Seattle or it's Jim Harbaugh comes from Michigan or it's uh, Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, the Bears will have their pick. Now the question is, do coaches and players want to play for the Bears when they have this long-standing history of no offensive prowess? So my prediction would be, They actually do do the right thing, and they fire Matt Eberflus, their coach. They probably would promote their offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, who most of his success was coming with Aaron Rodgers, which you guys are big football fans. I'm sure the listeners are. That might be more of a product of Aaron Rodgers being a three- or four-time MVP than him actually knowing what he's doing, but you're not going to bring in a new face or a new name in the middle of the season. So do I think Justin Fields is the answer? No. He's not great in the pocket. As I listed, there's five quarterbacks that have more rushing yards than him. So you can't even bank that he's just going to outrun Lamar Jackson or your favorite quarterback, Daniel Jones. So he's not even doing what he's supposed to be good at. And Mm -hmm. I'm the type of person that wants to blame the players more than the coaching. Because Joe Burrow came into the league and he had a bad offensive line and he went to the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson has had offensive linemen and wide receivers and running backs out for the year, out for multiple weeks. And he's never lost more than four or five games in a regular season. So my predictions would be the Bears lose tomorrow. They fire their coach. They move on from fields at the end of the year. And they probably are looking to draft either Caleb Williams from USC or Shadur Sanders from Colorado because those seem to me like the two best candidates to just start your franchise over with. I think that yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And uh, you know, you you do have a very kind of smart, non uh, non not too emotional take on a lot of these things. Is there a point of view that really thinks that firing Eberflus makes sense, or is he just good enough to get them that number one slot? And you think riding it out and firing him in the third quarter of week seventeen, week eighteen is just what you need to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, as you're kind of alluding to, I don't think it matters if they fire him after Thursday night football in 24 hours or longer than 24 hours, let's say, you know, 36 hours. And I don't think it matters if they let him coach the rest of the season. I don't think with the way that I'm looking at the standings and I'm looking at the other teams, maybe on a weekly basis, there's two or three teams that are as bad, but on a 16 or 17 game sample size, you may be looking at, Arizona, maybe you're looking at Denver. I don't like to think that the Bengals are going to lose every game. I actually tend to defend Daniel Jones because he won nine games last year and he had 310 yards in a playoff game. Justin Fields has been the quarterback for 20 games, which is less than any other starting quarterback outside of rookies have played. And he's won three games. So he hasn't won. He doesn't have the experience that you can say, I've seen it before. And if you want to argue the Bears were up 21 points last week and they blew it, 
and that's not his fault, but Jalen Hurts wouldn't have taken his foot off the gas. Lamar Jackson wouldn't have ran for a third and eight, no matter what the play call was, and got the yardage. And so I don't think it matters when you fire the coach. If your goal is to get the number one pick, you may as well keep them because you don't fire coaches anyways. If you're not going to hire someone away, which can't happen because everybody's already employed, then you're probably going to finish with the first pick or the second pick in Arizona because they're not taking Kyler Murray off the pup list. And Josh Dobbs, as much as he's a genius and he's an aerospace engineering major from Tennessee, he's probably not going to win more than three or four games because they decided to have a bad roster. So going back to kind of your main question, I don't think it matters. The Bears are going to be bad. Let's just hope that Caleb Williams doesn't come out and say, I don't want to go to the Bears and pull an Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing stopping them from getting a trans, uh, a transcendent talent. Right. And, and yeah. having that, uh, also having the Panthers pick, you know, gives you a little bit of extra cushion in there to try to hopefully, uh, hopefully get them. Uh, if we were having this conversation before we won, where were you at and how, how hard have you fallen over these last four weeks? To be honest with you, yes, going into the season, I had optimism. I have plenty of friends uh, and even family that have bear season tickets. I'm loyal to a fault. I'm a huge basketball fan. I know it's coming up. I have bull season tickets. I tell people whether they're 0 and 82 or 82 and 0, I'm going to games. So maybe I'm the problem because I won't <laughs> stop putting my money. I won't stop throwing my money into a garbage can like most of the Chicago sports teams are. Now, with that being said, yes, I did expect the Bears to maybe win three to seven games, which I know is a wide span. But looking at the preseason and how it went, the Bears didn't look awful. You know, Arizona wasn't projected to be that good. You have gotten some teams like Minnesota and Cincinnati who have been awful, who coincidentally Minnesota's in their division and, and uh, you know, Arizona or Cincinnati, you know, were, were obviously opposite sides of the spectrum. But I will say, and I told people this, and they always make fun of me, Adam, who are your sources? What are your sources? You don't know what you're talking about. I do have a friend of mine who is a quarterback trainer, trained Mahomes a very little bit, trained Aiden O'Connell, who went to my high school, who played this week for the Las Vegas Raiders, Mm -hmm. trained Jimmy Garoppolo, who's from Eastern Illinois, you know, so more of the local guy. And he was telling me, listen, Justin Fields is a great athlete, but there's two problems. One, He's not a great passer, and you can't not be able to throw and be a valuable NFL quarterback. And number two, the Bears have been starving for a quarterback. So is this false hope? The Bears haven't had a good quarterback since Jay Cutler, and he threw interceptions like he was Dak Prescott. And if you go back, the last quarterback they had maybe was Rex Grossman, but they had a defense that was like the Legion of Boom, that was like Troy Palomalu Steelers, that was like a lot of the Belichick defense. They had a good defense. So Rex Grossman could be mediocre, a la maybe Jared Goff a few years ago, maybe like a Brock Purdy now, where you're almost not supposed to mess up the game. And so I will say, yes, I've been out on, on Justin Fields kind of for a while, but it's hard to argue with the fact that last year he ran a lot. They added DJ Moore. Chase Claypool was supposed to be good. Now he's off the roster after four weeks. And they seem to have, they, they drafted offensive line. They added defense. They got a defensive coach and their defense is worse. Their offensive line is still atrocious. Their quarterback hasn't developed. Unfortunately, it's a Chicago sports theme. 
Like the Bulls are talking about continuity. The Bears are talking about upside. How about actuality? How about we win and then we talk, not we think we're going to win and we hype ourselves up and then we have to walk back everything we do. I think that's all fair. <laughs> Very fair and valid assessment. I mean, I appreciate your, I think Sasha said to it, I mean, your blunt honesty on it. I mean, I think we can often be blinded as a fan base and it's hard, you know, when things aren't panning out as they should be, Sasha, maybe you're feeling falling into this boat with the Giants this year. And I know I've been there before as a Cowboys fan, but yeah, I think at this point, all you can do is hope for next year, right? This year is written off. And I think it's just a matter of hoping things play out in your favor in the off season. It just becomes a matter of when does that become too difficult to keep up with? But I guess there's loyalty in it, right? That's how it is in sports. I mean, my dad has been a loyal Orioles fan for years, and it's been a really tough past decade. And he stuck through watching them every night on MLB, and here they are now, you know, in the playoffs, and you just have to wait. And I think things do cycle around in sports. It's just a matter of making it through those hard times. And I also think it's kind of funny. I have a niece, and my sister married somebody that wasn't a Bears fan which was probably a smart move. She married somebody mm -hmm. from Rochester, New York. So okay. maybe unluckily because of the craziness of the fans, but luckiness since my niece was born almost two years ago. And since my brother-in-law became a part of my family or my, you know, married into the family. Now my niece is going to be a Bills fan. So as long mm -hmm. as Josh Allen doesn't throw the ball to the other team four times a game, she's going to be watching a winner, which kind of makes me jealous um, my girlfriend is a Dallas Cowboys fan, so that might not be better because the Dallas Cowboys yeah. are the Dallas Cowboys and we know what that means, <laughs> but you know, it's just a little funny, you know, comment. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe she'll convert you over. We'll see. It's going to be a hard one. Hard sell. It's going to be a hard one because as I said, I'm just, um, almost stupidly loyal to my teams, but I grew up here. I only left for college. I came back. My entire family's here. And it almost feels better to root for a team that's bad, a la the Orioles, and then they end up getting good. Then you're just born into, like, the Patriots when they have Brady. Mm -hmm. or you're born into the Yankees when they have A-Rod and Jeter and Pettit and Posada. And then when they lose, you're like, fire everybody. When it's like, no, that's right. actually the reality. You normally have these, like, three- or four-year cycles. Like, look at the Bengals. The Bengals mm -hmm. were awful. They got good. And now because of a little bit of a calf injury, they haven't won a game. And you got Jamar Chase saying that he's always open. Well, mm -hmm. you're always open if your quarterback can get you the ball. You're almost a product of one guy. And it's and in football, it's became the quarterback. In basketball, it's the star player. That's why these guys get paid so much. And people don't really care that they get overpaid or overvalued. Because when you have a bad one, you're dead. When you have a good one... Yeah. You can dream about winning a championship and it takes one drive or one quarter or one right move and you're ahead of everybody. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that very much. Figure before we let you go, obviously, you know, you and I are in the same boat. Sarah may think she's in a different boat being a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we can commiserate on, uh, you know, pretty much knowing our teams aren't making it deep in the playoffs. So uh, quick questions for you. Winner of the NFC North, winner of the NFC, winner of the AFC. So Super Bowl predictions. Winner of the NFC North, I'm going to go with Detroit. They're obviously in the lead. I've been a big Jared Goff fan. I don't like this whole, he had great guys around him, so he went to the Super Bowl. 
you can't be a statue and just hand the ball off and win games. So I would say the Lions, I like Dan Campbell. He's got them playing hard every week, whether they're a favorite or an underdog. To win the NFC, I think it would be dumb not to go with the 49ers. I mean, they literally have the best backup running back in the league that a few years ago was the best player in the league, you could argue, in Debo Samuel. They have Christian McCaffrey. Then you got Debo Samuel and George Kittle, who – People kind of forgot George Kittle was so good because Travis Kelsey now has Taylor Swift on his arm, but George Kittle was breaking tackles and pretending like he was a wrestler for a long time. So I'd probably go with the 49ers. And then in the AFC, who are even the best teams right now? I bet I, I probably would just go with the Bills. To be honest with you, before the season, I said for the Bills, it's put up or shut up. They've lost to the Chiefs. They've lost to the Bengals. Josh Allen is Superman until he's not Superman. But I got to believe that if they can get home field advantage, if Miami slips a little, the Chiefs lost to the Lions, which is only one game, but that could come back and hurt them in the win-loss column. If Buffalo can play at home throughout the whole playoffs and not have to go to Kansas City, if Detroit gets to play at home with a really good running game, good receivers, a well-positioned defense, and a quarterback that's not going to make mistakes in that stadium that's loud – it kind of would be cool. We get to Las Vegas mm-hmm. and we get, you know, and we get, you know, San Francisco or Detroit against Buffalo, um, you know, in a stadium that unfortunately probably won't host a major event until they have like, you know, boxing or MMA or wrestling because the football team is really not that good. And UNLV, last time they were good, they had a guy biting on a towel 45 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's fair. That's a, I like those picks. I don't think we've any, had anyone say the lines yet. I think it's becoming more and more of a potential. You know, they look like a very good, strong team. And I'm interested to see how they do kind of down the stretch facing off against some bigger teams. But, hey, they beat the Chiefs in week one. So, I think it's fair and a valid pick. So, we'll see. And it would be it would be convenient for me to say the Cowboys. And I actually – Letting people in, I do have a bet on Micah Parsons to win defense player of the year. I saw an interview before the season of Andrew Whitworth who played on the Rams when they won the Super Bowl, And he said he had been working with Parsons and from people that know football, Andrew Whitworth was one of the best offensive linemen of the last decade. He'll probably be one of the guys on the all decade team. If not the Mm -hmm. guy, if Joe Thomas or Orlando Pace or one of those other guys are not, but he was working with Michael Parsons and it made me think, why would you be working with guys that are similar to you, pass rushers? Why wouldn't you be working against the guys that are trying to stop you? So that mm-hmm. made me confident. I don't believe in this Dak Prescott is the problem all the time, but I also don't Agreed. believe that Mike McCarthy's a bad coach because he's won before with high-level talent teams with the Packers. So do I think the Cowboys can make it to the playoffs, and do I think they can beat the Eagles? I do. The Eagles, everybody's talking about this you know, Philadelphia push, and everybody's talking about Jalen Hurts. They've won games, but they haven't played anybody too good. So let's mm-hmm. see when they play in Jerry World. Let's say let's see when they play the AFC teams they got to go against. Let's see when they play Daniel Jones when he has a good game. Yeah. Daniel Jones could easily do what he did versus Miami versus Minnesota last year. Three hundred and eight rush uh, passing yards. I think he had seventy eight rushing yards. Like he's done it before, so why can't we see it be done again against a rival? And jump in the little, you know, bucket, whatever mm-hmm. it's called, that little, oh. uh, that little Salvation yeah. Army bucket that Zeke loved. I'll tell you why that, that can't happen. It's because I missed a call earlier today and it was Joe Shane asking me to play uh, 
offensive line. So I don't think the <laughs> have to worry about the Giants, but that's true, uh, I'm that's with true. you. It's a, you know it's still early in the season and uh, and seeing a lot of these good teams play. I think the the Cowboys uh, 49ers game this week is going to be a tremendous yeah. test, and I'm very 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 excited about that. But uh, I completely agree with you. And uh, just quick before you let before I let you we let you go. How bears is it the the hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment getting stolen from Soldier Field? Does that even make you feel anything? I, I just need to hear a Chicago fans take on that. It it honestly was like, I don't know the exact saying, but when it rains, it pours. I mean, you got the defensive coordinator gets you know resigns or gets fired. We don't even know the coaching staff in the front office are not saying the same thing about Chase Claypool. You got a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment. I've been, I've taken so many bullets for the bears or the bulls or the Blackhawks or the Cubs for 108 years, not winning a world series when they've had good teams that unfortunately I think Chicago fans are kind of immune. Mm-hmm. And as I said, uh, 10 minutes ago, when good things happen, we over-exaggerate them, and when bad things happen, we're immune. We don't even really think twice. If this happened to Dallas and someone went into their stadium and stole it, it'd be national news. If it's the Bears, it's like, what else did we expect? We're surprised it yeah. hasn't happened already. <laughs> like, I can't believe they didn't steal 200000 at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, thank you guys so much for having me on. Um, I listen to you guys' episodes weekly. Obviously, me and Sarah go back to our college days at Hartford, Mm -hmm. um, and I just love the fact that you guys are encompassing a lot of different sports. You're doing something you're Mm -hmm. passionate about, which is the easiest way to get people to love what you do and to support you. And um, you have Adam Singer and Recovery for Athletes, and I'm sure all the people listening as fans, so keep doing what you're doing. And as they say, 95% of episodes or podcasts do not get the 20 episodes. So if you can get the 20 you can get to 40, you can get to 100. Mm-hmm. And hopefully as you keep doing what you're doing and things change over, you know, the viewership will go up and up and up. And then, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Maybe you'll become, yeah. you know, one of the top, you know, cowboy podcasts, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sasha but, won't let that happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we very, very much appreciate you coming on. We appreciate the time. Uh, everybody go check out Recovered for Athletes on Instagram. Find them online. Uh, we very much appreciate it. And listen, you know, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the season goes and we'll bring you back on right before the draft. We can get pumped about the, uh, the bears going one, yeah. two, talk about the future and how they're going to go 11 and five next year. Of course. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your evening and uh, enjoy. Thanks Adam. Yeah. All right. Bye. Welcome back to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> Uh, before we jump into uh, the NFC East weekend, we got to talk about Premier League. I know everybody's clamoring for it. And what a week mm-hmm. it was for Tottenham. Um, I'm not sure if you were able to watch the game at all. It was the primetime Sunday game, 1230 Eastern. And boy, did it not disappoint. It was exciting. And it was had led to a tremendous amount of drama since. I'm not sure if you've seen any of it, but in the Premier League soccer circles, it is all anybody is talking about um, so luckily, Ooh. shout out, hey, shout out, Matt. Uh, we had uh, I met up with a Liverpool fan of mine, and we uh, we had watched the game together. So a little animosity. I warned him ahead of time. Listen, I'm not going to be nice to you for the next two hours, and uh, I was not. Um, so basically, uh, Liverpool ended up getting two red cards in the game. So they were down to nine mm-hmm. men, and basically just completely packed, the, you know, parked the bus, packed the box on defense, and we're just going to make it basically impossible for us to try to get any offense going. Uh, 
we ended up scoring. They tied it at one. Uh, and then when they were down to nine men, uh, we had another at-home late stoppage time winner to win 2-1 on an own goal. Pedro Poro had this cross right across the middle, and one of their defenders just put it right <laughs> right in the top corner. Uh, so brutal, brutal loss for Liverpool. But we have to talk a little bit about the controversy because basically in the NFL, there's obviously just review, any sort of video mm-hmm. review, scoring plays and anything. Uh, the version of that in soccer is called VAR. It's the Video Assisted Referee. And whenever there's a controversial call or there's certain things that can be reviewed, certain things they can't, uh, they all have earpieces in, they go, there's a guy that like does everything on computers. And when somebody's offsides, like they stop it right at the right time. And they put these lines together to see if someone's offsides or someone's not. So it was tied one, one. And Luis Diaz, a guy on Liverpool, he was running. Mo Salah hit a cross in. Luis Diaz runs in and buries a beautiful goal that would have put them up two one going into the half. Um, they call is offsides on the field, and then they just released. So, this then they looked at the review as I was watching in real time. It looked like he was on size. The review that they're showing us shows he was on size. So, basically, the way that the play should have been, they should have said offside. It's you know, you call it offsides, it's not offsides, it's a goal. Um, but for some reason, there was some confusion between the on field referee and the VAR guy. The offsides was upheld and Tottenham started playing. So then they just released this video or the uh, like the audio recording. And basically the guy was like so clearly on sides where when they checked, they're like, oh, check for VAR, check for VAR. The guy in the VAR booth was like, uh, yeah, check complete, check complete. So the ref down on the field was like, all right, I heard check complete. The call on the field was offsides. So they just started playing again. So then there's like other refs being like, wait, 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 the call in the field was on, was offside, was offsides. And then they're like, oh no, stop the game. And they're like, but it's kind of like the NFL where they try you to like right. rush it, get to get the play going. Cause once the play is called, yeah. it's dead. So basically yeah. then there's just these British guys going like, wait, it was what? Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh wait, stop the game. And they're like, we can't stop the game. Like, oh fuck. So now there's been a tremendous amount of controversy. Uh, Cause obviously, you know, that, that could have, you know, the game obviously, hundreds. If, if somebody scores a goal, the game plays out differently. So you can't just automatically say, well, it would have been a tie uh, or right. not. But, uh, you know, wow. I, I mentioned before, they're annoying coach, Jurgen Klopp, way too many teeth in his mouth, very, very annoying. Um, you know, he basically called them out and he's like, well, we should actually replay the game. And it's like, obviously, that's not going to happen. So it's right. like, shut up. But complainer, yeah. sore loser. And then uh, it, it's it's just so fun to see all these soccer fans do stuff because here it's like something bad happens in the NFL season. People get really annoyed. They move on to the next week, and then they're focusing on basketball, then baseball, then right. hockey. Here it's like that's all they have to do. So it's like they get one yeah. thing complained about, and people are pulling up like pictures of missed calls against Liverpool from or oh my against Tottenham from Liverpool from like thirty five years ago. So it it is up in a roar. But regardless, Tottenham came away with the three points. It was outstanding. Screw Liverpool. So now the Tottenham are going against uh, they have Luton, uh, Luton Town on 7.30 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. Everybody tune in and watch. It's a great time. Tottenham are looking great. Young team, fiery squad. It's a great time. 7.30 a.m. I know there's no other sports going on, guys. Time to watch. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Well, maybe this will be it because Saturday morning, 7.30, that's actually when I wake up on the weekends. Eastern. So this fits in perfect. I think I'll throw it on. I was watching the Ryder Cup the past few mornings when I woke up yep. this past weekend. So that's my excuse for not tuning in this week. We'll just keep going every week. But really, I have no excuse. So this week, I mean, the controversy is really me in. I love a good controversy here. And I, like, absolutely, totally respect when people spend, like, hours on the internet, zero, zero, zooming in, you know, yep. on the video clips and screenshots. I love all of it. So 
that sounds exciting. Sounds good. I think we'll have to get everyone to tune in and reconvene next week on it. Absolutely. And I need you so, to start rooting for it because ever since we've started this podcast, my sports life, uh, whenever I root against you, has just crumbled and been terrible. So I, 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 I know I'm internal. I'm rooting for them internally, but I know it's not there because I'm not watching <laughs> it. And you can tell. I know That's it's okay. a, you can tell it's a half. <laughs> I'm working towards it. We're I don't even care. Where we haven't <laughs> lost the game, we're we're, un, we're one of two teams that haven't lost yet this season. So you just keep doing whatever you're doing. Okay. I don't care what it is. I'll keep doing. Keep rooting, keep rooting for us. Permission not to watch. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> moving on. But no, I mean, there's some other general sports going on. Obviously, fully immersing ourselves here in the NFL season. But I have to mention. I mean, my favorite Heat player, Jimmy Butler. And if you haven't seen on India in on the internet, it's not great podcasting material because it's all photo based. Like the photos are everything. But Jimmy being emo Jimmy for media day for the Miami Heat, like, I love it. The memes that came out of that, endless. Every time I see them, I can't stop laughing. Like, he's just such, I didn't realize he did this other years where he just kind of enjoys poking fun at this media day and creating a persona per se. But emo version, like, it's kind of reminding me, remember when there was all those memes going around of um, Aaron Rodgers with, like, the Karen hair? Like, he had, like, the blonde, like, and, like, comb over. Um, that's what it was reminding me of. So it makes me laugh secondarily every time when we post it, but I love him. I'm happy he's still on the heat. I mean, Tyler Hero's still there despite all the rumors with Damian Lillard and everything. So hopefully this bring, I think maybe Jimmy's like attracting some attention away from the fact that like, everyone was like, Hey, let's push Tyler Hero out for Damian Lillard. And it didn't happen. And now you're kind of like in that awkward limbo where he's still on the team. So I think Jimmy's doing a good job playing off some distractions. Um, but other than that, Major League Baseball playoffs have started since we last talked. I'm not tuning into the Orioles play. You know, I'm give, living the luxury here of a little bit of a buy in the first round. So I'm delaying myself having to get into baseball as I have been doing literally month after month after month, much like the Premier League. But I promise I'll be tuning in very soon, religiously, and we're all in from there. Have have Mike Buckley start getting his takes ready. I'm ready to start rooting for the O's. I know. The I know. He's probably – I know. We'll have to get him. I think he's surfing tickets already for the games because, obviously, you know, this could be like a once in a century type of thing. So <laughs> Yanks are officially yeah. done. I don't know how Aaron Boone hasn't been fired yet. Uh, it's He'll somehow never get fired, and we'll just continue to do this. I, I don't know. But we're not focusing yeah. on that. I just had some on in the background yesterday, just the Phillies-Marlins uh, game. Playoff baseball vibes are always – playoff baseball is the best. The mm-hmm. vibes are high. Yeah. You know, the, the feelings, the t- it's just, you know, that that feeling of it just riding on every pitch. It's it, – I yeah. love it. Playoff baseball is the mm-hmm. best. It's just weird because I don't know – maybe not all of our listeners live where we do, but we're in upstate New York, and it's been in, like, the mid-80s the past few days. So it feels, like, extra bizarre. Like, we haven't really had football during the stretch, but, like, playoff baseball, like, that feels like it should be, like, you know, sun going down early. Like, it's chilly. The fans are, like, bundled up. To me, and it just feels a little weird right now, like with this weather we're having. But I think I'll get into it maybe next week once we really get those fall vibes going. Absolutely. So. Now to the NFC beast. Mm-hmm. The uh, obviously the uh, the Eagles and Commanders played each other in probably the game of the week last week. Ended up going mm-hmm. down the wire. It was a whole lot of fun, and I think way more of a game than anybody expected. Commanders mm-hmm. on the road. Uh, I think, what, there were seven, eight-point underdogs and managed to get that game going to overtime. I think everybody but Eagles fans wanted to see the Commanders win that game. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I did the classic mistake that I know you should not do, but I had this like multi-game parlay going on that included the Eagles money line. And like, I always tell myself like, you should never bet on a team. You don't want to see win because I wanted more than anything. Everything else had hit by that point. So I was like, kind of like silently, like, I'm not going to root for the Eagles. I'll just let those probably lose. But like, you know, a little bit of part of you is like, well, it's okay if they lose, you know, and then I feel responsible that they like (laughs) were able to pull this out internally. But yeah, I mean, I'm walking away from this feeling pretty good in terms of like the Cowboys face off against the Eagles. I mean, I think it proved they're very beatable. The commanders were able to go tit for tat with the Eagles offense. And so far the commanders offense up until this week has been very (laughs) unimpressive, but maybe they're not as bad as we thought. I mean, as a Giants fan, how do you feel about this though? Because I feel like previously like Giants were being, you know, held to higher standards than the commanders going into this year. And I feel like now we're, we're slipping here where personally outside of looking in non-bias, I kind of feel like it's just a week, but like the commanders seem like the better team right now. I don't, they don't seem, they are the better team. And that you saying <laughs> that is even just assuming that I have any feelings left to have. I have been, <laughs> I danced around that. If you yeah. didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can, we can get to, uh, we all, I'll do a full, just sad cry angry whatever we'll figure it out about the giants after we uh we go through your cowboys uh chronologically yeah. but i the, the the commanders just look good i feel like everything's going right for the commanders the new ownership nobody expected anything out of them which i think is also good it's like the kind of the opposite right. of the giants where it's like nothing really last year and people expected them to be bad so it's like they're coming yeah. out with like this chip on their shoulder nothing you know nobody expected anything from uh you know from us we got riverboat ron we got eric the enemy like let's Let's get out there and just fight and give them hell. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, you know, that'll get you some wins. And like this, it felt like it, it should have been a game that they won. Maybe they should have gone for two, uh, you mm-hmm. know, at the end of the game. So one in regulation, not, not make it have to go there. Obviously, it's like, but the Eagles are just, you know, I, I don't know if this is just them being really good and them like still finding a way to, you know, to, you know, win so many games, even again, you know, even mm-hmm. in these tough situations, it's just like that championship or that really good team resolve that yeah. they have. So it's like maybe they're not as good, or maybe this is just the version of them being able to like, hey, we can win in any situation when you know when even when things are going poorly for us, right? And those are playing up to our level. Um, but you know, yeah. what are we gonna do? I we need I need to see somebody knock them off. I need to see them have a bad game. Mm-hmm. I need to see somebody figure out how to stop the tush bush or the the brotherly yeah. shove, which I gotta tell you, I do really like the name brotherly shove. I think witty. It's very witty. Cool. I do like it too. So I'm uh, I'm pro that. But whatever. Good game, yeah. good for the division, I suppose. I would now is a mm-hmm. giant just need a roof for the division to be good, I guess. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> that's all you that's all you can cling to right now, NFC beast, but yeah, no. So I guess we'll move on. Cowboys game here because I didn't really have too much else other on that matchup other than I walked away from it maybe feeling a little more afraid of the commanders when we face off against them, yeah. but, you know, frisky. But um, Cowboys had a get-right week, which is what I was exactly what I was hoping for against the Patriots. Always a questionable one facing off against Belichick. I alluded to it last week. Very concerned about Mike McCarthy and the coaching face-off we were having here. But McCarthy tried his hardest to outsmart Belichick. He was looking a little sketchy at times, you know, was kind of doing his little, like, dumb, like, confused play time management, you know, sort of confusion. But luckily for him, the Cowboys were firing on all cylinders otherwise. I mean, the defense was phenomenal. Deron Bland is an absolute stud of a corner. Um, He's had eight interceptions in his first 21 games in the NFL, which is Incredible. I mean, we still hurting from the loss of Trayvon Diggs, but this makes it a little bit easier to swallow for sure. Um, so very happy with that. Defense was incredible. Otherwise, you know, special teams 
obviously, you know, they scored, went and did, you know, the fake punt um, and had Ang- Brian Angler throwing for a touch, you know, a two-point conversion. Um, so special teams looks good. Offense, the red zone offense can still be a little suspect at times. But honestly, it's all coming from McCarthy and his play calling. I mean, he's just not making the right decisions in terms of, like, when to keep forcing the run and versus letting Dak throw the ball. And so that's where they definitely need to work still, but they were able to put up some touchdowns. Their kickers still been very solid. And I don't want to say anything further on that because ever since Brett Maher last year, I like literally just have to pretend like we literally in their household. Like I sometimes even forget what their kicker's name is because I refuse to say it because I will not like, I would even want to acknowledge his existence <laughs> because last year was just such like, a you know, I feel like Brett Maher was cursed. Like everyone was like, he's having such a good year. He's having such a good year. And then we all know how that ended. So yeah, they looked overall uh, pretty good, you, you know, loved it all around. <clears throat> Fun game to watch um, towards the end. I mean, you know, I mean, Patriots, they just had a good for so many years. It, honestly, sick to say, but it feels good to see them struggling a little bit. Like Mac Jones getting benched and him just being all pissy. Belichick doing like the sad face pull when like he's throwing another interception. It feels nice to see the Patriots in shambles, I have to say, especially when it's against the Cowboys. So Cowboys have some tough upcoming games. They're going to be making a West Coast trip. Um, obviously, the big face-off this weekend against San Fran. And then they'll also be playing the Chargers. Um, they have the Rams in there. And then Eagles eventually coming around. So I think um, the 49ers are beatable. They're very, very good. It will require a near-flawless performance from the Dallas Cowboys. Like, I'm literally all facets. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. I think... It's, I don't want to be like loser talk, but if they can come out of this with a, it being a one score game against the 49ers, just with the Cowboys still being a little beat up, I think that would be a good sign heading in the right direction. Um, and especially I want to see what the coaching can do because they've been out coaching all of their last matchups against the 49ers. They've had been terrible in terms of, you know, managing penalties and McCarthy's just been terribly out coached. So I think it's important, you know, that he can at least show he's on the same level as Shanahan if they want to think they're making it to the Super Bowl against this team, because that's what it comes down to at the end of the year, the game planning. Absolutely. I think the world is excited for that game. It's going to be, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a tell all for both teams. I don't think that there's really a, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to end up being a close game. It always will, you know, it always will be. I, I just don't, I, I don't think anybody's going to get blown out, but I'm uh, I'm excited for it uh, as well. Um, is it time for me to, do I have to talk about the Giants now? Yeah, unless you have anything, if, unless you want to delay it any further, but yes. <laughs> I think I just need to get this over with. Um, I think I'm done and just conceding that they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, I, it's, I, it was so painful to watch. It was, I don't know if I'm mad or if I'm sad. I think it's a combination of both, but it's just a, it's a miserable team to watch. And the only thing that they're too good, that they're good enough just to not get the first overall pick. They're somehow managed to like, it's like, oh, we, we won this game. And like now with the bears and the, you know, having two picks that are going to be most likely almost seem like guaranteed to be top five. It's like the giants are just just bad you know, bad enough to be like the worst team in the NFL but apparently too good to like get the number one overall pick I don't I don't know what we do that loss that loss was pathetic so I, I have some numbers for you um if I told you that a team had eight penalties converted 25 percent of their third down attempts got just 281 yards on offense and five and a half yards per play during only 24 total minutes of possession would you say that was good? 
No. <laughs> uh, that, that was the Seattle Seahawks stats for a game that they won 24 to 3. Oh my god. That was how bad the Giants looked at every that 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 was how bad the Giants were. They I mean yes. we looked so bad. We can't aside from literally one half and really like maybe even just a quarter of football that fourth quarter against the Cardinals. We mm-hmm. looked horrific. And like I guess so fine. We we how we traded field goals on the first, you know, on the first two drives of the game mm-hmm. uh with the uh, against the 49ers. Other than that, we've looked unbelievably pathetic our offensive line mm-hmm. is consistent our special teams mm-hmm. are apparently like the worst in the nfl i think we had six penalties on uh on special teams mm-hmm. uh, constantly yeah, just giving up the worst the worst penalties giving them con- like just basically just handing them points um the red zone pick six was horrific it's like they start to look good start to gain maybe a little momentum throw a like, 97 yard pick six um I, it's like I, I don't know what to do. The injuries are obviously a thing, but like Seattle also has injuries on the offensive line. A million teams have issues on the offensive line and manage to score more than three points or manage to get like a little bit of offense going. And it's like we pick up Waller as a tight end to be a pass catching tight end. Maybe throw him the ball. It's like if he's not going to yeah. get and help block and help protect Daniel Jones, maybe like throw the ball to him. We threw the ball to him three times. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's insane. We have nobody to catch. It's like do I do I want to believe that Saquon Barkley is that important to the offense where we can't do a thing without him? It's like I don't know how much that game changes if Saquon's there. Maybe he makes mm-hmm. some magical play that like nobody else can. But it's just like I don't I don't know what to do with this team. I need to just temper my expectations. And like the NFL keeps putting them on prime time games. So I know. There's nothing else I can mm-hmm. distract myself with. It's like if it's a one o'clock mm-hmm. game, it's like, oh man, this is terrible. Let me put on red zone. So like it'll just yeah. something happens. Or I put it in a small screen. It's like it's either that or I just like don't watch this. Obviously I have to watch to be able to talk right. about it. But this has just been like mm-hmm. one of the most painful seasons I can remember, especially because yeah. it's like it's the expectations. I thought we we're gonna be like okay. Right. Or it's like even this yeah. last year where it's like some excitement, but this has just been right unbelievably disgusting yeah well well, i feel like you're at that point where it like seemed like it might have been a fluke like the first few games like you know against the cowboys and like they're sketchy against the cardinals like you're kind of like hey they're just getting it together but like i don't know about like they look so bad this past monday that it's like i don't i think this is them i don't think this is just a fluke (laughs) here we it's it's we we have enough now and it's like yeah literally i think i said last week going into this game it's like well we just played some really really good teams and like yeah, I guess. I mean, the Cowboys and the 49ers are the Cardinals. I mean, I don't, they look like, okay. They're not like as bad, right. as but they're not good. Like the Seahawks, it's like, I feel like we should be on par with the Seahawks. Like Gino, no yeah. team that's quarterback, like Gino Smith should be that good. I get it. They're like Carroll is clearly mm-hmm. a great coach and their defense was right. like unbelievable. But I also think that like yeah. our offense can just make any defense look really, really, really good. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, our big move is like, oh, we signed Justin Pugh, who was like our first round pick from 2013 for the offensive line. Uh, I mean, you know, if, you know what they say about, you know, f- it, you know, NFL players that are free agents in the middle of the season, like they're game changers. They always are. The best right. players are always not on rosters at this point of the season. Um, so yeah. I, I, I don't know. I have no hope. And then don't worry. We're just going to play the Dolphins and Bills uh, in back to back weeks coming up. So one in five incoming. I'm ready for it. And uh, yeah, the Dolphins is uh, is I think a one o'clock game, but Bills Sunday night game. Got to watch it. Everybody's got to watch it. It's gonna you know Josh Allen is gonna do just 
you know, rude mm-hmm. Josh Allen stuff to the Giants and Daniel Jones yeah. had this stupid fucking look, freezing in Buffalo, whatever he's doing. So mm-hmm. I'm done. I can't, I just, it's painful. It makes me upset. Of course, I'm going to keep watching. Yeah. I'm going to hope that, and now mm-hmm. I guess my whole game plan is just like root for the Bears and root for the Panthers to win mm-hmm. and you can try to get yeah. Caleb Williams. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of yeah. a session I've needed to make after this week and realizing. Yeah. We're, uh, we're most likely going to be one in five. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your vulnerability because I, I literally after the Monday night game again, I'm like, wow, Sasha might quit the podcast again. I feel like this is going to be every week yeah. now. I'm like, is the podcast on the line? I don't know because I would not blame you if they continue to play like this. It's hard football to watch, but hey, you know, like we said with Adam earlier in the show, you know, we are all loyal to a fault, I think. And this is the yeah. cycle of sports. So just know at some point it will cycle back. And I'm sure Mike is going to come on and maybe trash talk to you about the Bills when he comes to give us his hard bets, but don't let him get to you. I think okay. he's at least got, <laughs> he's got some respect. I think he knows that I'm uh, that I'm down. And honestly, I'll, I'll never leave. This is uh, this is therapeutic. Before the Giants would lose, and I would just have to be like kind of mean to Andrea for no reason for a while. She's like, "What's going on?" It's like, "I'm sorry, I got a lot of stuff I got to go through." But now, you know, <laughs> talk through it, and then realize that I guess it's going to be okay. You know, I was I listen, mm-hmm. I can't complain. I've been a, a Giants fan, Yankees fan. It's like, I'm lucky enough, I've seen championships in my life. A lot of people mm-hmm. have played a lot longer than that uh, to do that. So it's like, yeah. I, I can't complain too much. I've been very, very lucky. But boy, uh, do you not feel lucky having a root for that team? Yeah, no, fair enough. Well, <laughs> alluding to Mike, I think we're ready for to close out today's episode with Blazel's best bets. I don't know if I should be saying the best bets part this week, but we'll let's it, we'll, we'll keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Um, take it with what you will, but no, he started off hot for us a little bit more tricky of a week last week. We'll let him talk about it when he comes on and we'll be back with him shortly. We are back uh, with Mike Blazel and Blazel's best bets here. We have going into week five, Great slate of games ahead of us. I'm very curious to see what Mike is going to have to say because I got to tell you, Blazel's best bets from week four was a little bit of a regression to the mean. You know, we, we we started off hot, but right now we're lucky. You know, we were still four and four. We're still 500. Some of the bets you gave us were uh, some good plus money stuff. So if if you've been tailing Mike, your plus units bets are 500. We got it, but luckily every week is a new week. So Mike, we have you here. Bills looks great. I, that was a positive for last week. I want to let you, you know, let you have your, uh, let you have your pedestal. Go off on it, and then uh, we want to break down the bets from last week coming into this week. Before we talk about horrendous bets, the Bills, the Buffalo Bills, all time one. Everybody, I'm not here to talk about the negative. I'm here to talk about the positive. Buffalo Bills owning the Miami Dolphins. I have a lot of. People that love to tell me that the Dolphins are going to kill the Bills. A lot of really negative Dolphins fans that I got to rub it in their face on Sunday. So that felt awesome. This is there's never you're never more active on social media than when <laughs> the Bills beat the Dolphins. You would basically never be able to tell that Mike is on social media, and then the, all of a sudden the Bills beat the Dolphins, and he is the most online person that's ever. <laughs> get up early to make memes just just to upset my 100 followers on that. Um, but an excite, exciting fact that we just found out, breaking news, Josh Allen won AFC Player of the Week again. Fun stat for all of you, because I'm not going to yuck my yum with uh, my bad bets. 11 times Josh Allen has played the Dolphins, and five of those times he's won AFC Player of the Week. 
That is the single biggest domination of a team of any quarterback ever in NFL history. Uh, and I would like to say for the record that Josh Allen is the Miami Dolphins daddy. Oh, officially the official daddy. Yeah. Now, if you're a football fan, you'd say, well, Tom Brady owned the Buffalo Bills. And I would say you're right. I would also say leave me alone. <laughs> Tom Brady from 2001 to 2019 played the Bills 35 times. Yeah. And he has won the AFC Offensive Player of the Week five times. So Josh Allen's already gotten there. He's 27 years old. The only thing that he has more player of the weeks uh, against the Bills, he has more Super Bowl rings than that. So, um, Well, yes, but the story isn't written. Yeah, okay. The story's, the story's still in process. For everybody still keeping track of my hot takes, <laughs> Dalton Kincaid is up to 99 yards, everybody. Whoa. We're getting there. We're, we're ways away. But the bigger one that's going to get hot, yeah. Greg Rousseau got two sacks last week. He's up to three. Okay. Thir 13 more to go. How many almost sacks? I, I no, they were just straight sacks. Oh, yeah, but how many almost sacks? I, uh, I'll, let's give them four wow. almost. There was a okay. lot. Of pressure. <laughs> was under pressure. So, uh, Josh Allen also more uh, touchdowns than incompletions last week. So that's that's a good that's, that's a good take. And also, uh, Demar Hamlin did get in. So, Sarah, our bet on uh, Demar Hamlin comeback player of the year, I feel like is in uh, in strong force. Yep, yep. Uh, I wanted to bet for uh, Sam Darnold, I believe, is yeah. what I wanted Sasha to bet. Thankfully, he didn't place that bet for me. I did not. Because this segment wouldn't exist, because that's a horrible bet. <laughs> Brock Purdy's doing just fine. But speaking of Blazel's best bets, this week was not a good week. As we did go 0-3, uh, I sadly went against Sarah's Cowboys, and that game was over in five minutes. Uh, it was nice, though, because I needed to get outside and touch grass, so I did take my son out for a walk, pretending like I was a good dad, but in reality, uh, the game was just a total blowout. Uh, the Browns what you got. Spin zone. <laughs> spin zone. I, don't think, I don't think the Browns game should have counted without Watson. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I didn't give, know. Let's give you a half. Asterisks? Asterisks? Asterisk for sure. We'll give you we'll give you an asterisk there. I uh, I did not know that either. I did I was not obviously I'm not really tapped into uh, Browns Twitter Browns whatever's yeah. going on. They're inactive. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was, I'm currently in a civil suit against uh, Deshaun Watson for my brief stint in the masseuse community. Um, I'm not. <laughs> I cannot explain further, but he was not a nice man. Sasha cannot be trapped in a room with a bedroom and another yeah. person without. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then the, uh, the the Giants. I mean that and that, the G -Man. that that bet. You, you got. I think you got to stop doing. I don't know if you're doing it for <laughs> me, but you you need to stop. Well, there's no more. I I sadly uh, I don't. I'm not going to put the Giants. I guess for your sake, the Giants are not involved in this. Week. <laughs> We're going to give that one a break. Thank you. Eric Gray, Eric Gray also fumbled a, uh, a kickoff. And then was immediately, that was the only smart thing that the Giants did was uh, that guy fumbled the kickoff and they're like, you're not going back for any more punt returns yeah. the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, but the Cowboys look good. Cowboys are nasty. They were all over the place. And Micah Parsons, did he even come back into that game? I saw him limp off early. Very briefly, but then they did make the wise decision to keep him off on the sidelines, which was for the best because personally, they kept Dak Prescott in there for way too long, I think. But that's just classic Mike McCarthy. But yeah, I'm very happy with it. They looked good on all cylinders, like I was saying, special teams, defense, offense. So it was a good, yeah. good bounce back week, and it felt good to get that one in there, especially considering when I heard your bets after after the fact of the episode last week. I was like, I'm on a podcast, it's betting as my own team, but. It's all right. It's the life of a Cowboys fan. I get it. It is what it is. And maybe Listen, we'll we're going to make money. We're, we're making money. We're, we're, well, <laughs> we're not. But this week we're going to. Um, 
Before we get into it, uh, I do want to bounce around the league. Some betting nuggets for people who are looking for other things to bet. These aren't picks. These are just my humble opinions. Call, uh, call, call this guy McDonald's with all his nuggets. I, yeah, love, I love a good nugget. Here, I got a, I got a four-piece chicken nugget coming at you. Uh, don't be fooled by Denver that they won that game. Uh, I still think Denver is not good. They stink. I would... I can't bet on Zach Wilson because don't be fooled by that game either. As much as Chris Collinsworth would like to, he, I think he had about four orgasms mid mid. Uh, oh, Zach Wilson! Oh, oh wow! Look at this by Wilson. Uh, they were playing a weird sag defense, and uh, I got a real big NFL rigged vibe by that because the spread <laughs> uh, going into that game was eight and a half. And Mahomes just threw the most catchable interceptions I've ever seen him throw. And I wish he would save some for us. Uh, <laughs> and then he slid at the one yard line instead of just taking in an easy running touchdown to give him the cover. That's the that's the right football move. It's the right, obviously, but you know, frustration of betters. It is the right football move. You've seen enough of those random plays. Obviously, I didn't think that the the uh, the the Jets were going to come down and score, but you can't argue too much with the move. Yeah, but I well, you know I was obviously rooting for the touchdown there. The NFL is busy putting Taylor Swift on the map, so we needed to make sure that uh, <laughs> we're staying tuned in, and a blowout wouldn't have worked. But um, the other piece I said I did talk about this last week: Texans and Colts are definitely frisky. Yep, mm-hmm. Texans are good. Agreed. Uh, my 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 real I'm, I'm honing in on saying it for real and putting some money on it. Texans and Colts, I think, are the best two teams in the AFC South. Uh, I don't believe in the Titans. I think the Titans are – I think Derek – I just Derek Henry's older. He's hitting that uh, rushing milestone where it's like they always go – they fall off a cliff afterwards. Tannehill sucks. Uh, and I just don't believe – I think they're going to be a team that, you know, if they get up seven or ten points, like it's going to be really hard to beat them. But I don't think they have the offense to do that consistently. Yeah. And the Colts battled back. Colts were down like 21 to three going into, I think, the fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they battled back to uh, overtime. And something that I haven't heard anybody talk about, the, I was watching it as it went to overtime. And the camera cut to Anthony Richardson. He had his helmet on or was putting his helmet on. And he looked like I was like, if they get the ball, the Colts are winning this game. That kid has like some kind of a swagger and a confidence to him and has made some comments in the, in the offseason and leading up in between games. Where like where he might not be the most talented thrower, like he is a free, he's like Cam Newton, but even bigger and even faster. And there's a lot. I think the Colts are, if Jonathan Taylor decides to play, like I think the Colts maybe are even better than the Texans. And I'm not sold on the Jaguars. And I think we're about to find out in a few days in London. Yeah, uh, the Jaguars are not good. They're not a good. Team. Um, and the last Eagles, the Eagles seem. I, I there's something fishy going on there. So I'm gonna. So I'm gonna say the offense. Mm-hmm. It's putting up points, but it is. It's too much of this tush push and the brotherly shove and all that shit. I think. Uh, I think the Eagles are gonna have some kind of a regression. I don't think Hertz is playing as great uh, as he's getting credit for necessarily. I've watched a lot of their games. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line still very healthy. They're older guys. I just think it's a long season, and don't yeah. get the AJ Brown freak out. Uh, they've got some injuries on defense and I think their D line is great, but they have some weakness in the secondary. And I just don't, without Shane Steichen, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm going to keep saying it. I, I think the Eagles offense is struggling to find balance and consistency. They, they're not, they're, they're, they're still doing great. They've got a ton of talent, but, um, that's going to coincide with, with some of the stuff that I'm looking at this week too. Um, 
So let's get yeah. let's, let's get let's get let's get right into the picks. I don't know if you want to start with the best bets. I don't know if you start with your other little sprinkles beforehand. Uh, you you I, I want right. you to take this right here because I think we also need to uh, we got to get clean. We got to wash ourselves last week. And not only that, I think we mm-hmm. also uh, we also need to come up with some sort of idea of something we can uh, make Mike drink. Dude, we if we we go another zero in three week, uh, we got to we, we got to have something on the line. Um, I was stuff from Chicago. Yeah, I was just thinking. I was just at a restaurant uh, with Andrea in Troy, and not something you see outside of Chicago. Fitting, we had the uh, the Bears fan on today. Malort. Not sure if you've ever had it, Sarah. Um, mm-hmm. It is like it is a wormwood liqueur that's like kind. I don't know why they make it. Still, it tastes very bad. Mm. Um, and it's a Chicago like thing that they have there. And it's like, oh, you get a shot of Malort, you do it. You, you know, it it's tastes horrible. Yeah. Um, I think Mike has another row in three week. We take him to uh Hawks and we make him drink a shot of Malor. And then uh we do another row in three week and I think we start getting somewhere worse. But I think we start learning. That's funny. Um there's you know, there, we got we got a little bit of fun stuff. We got some more stuff on the line here, making fun for the mm-hmm. list. We take the podcast on site, on location to different places where I have to do horrible shit to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the voice in my head and probably my the blay hive listening at home is going don't do it you're a terrible gambler but i'm gonna do it i'll drink that more <laughs> <laughs> <I get> the- <laughs> love it first thing you got to do is get me to go all in three and it's not going to happen this week folks love it but i'm going to give you my sprinkler and i'm going to tease you so i'm going to give you a tease i educated the non-gamblers back on my first week on about what a tease is so if you haven't learned again grow up learn how to bet um, <laughs> This week, we are looking at a three-team, seven-point tease. This is your little tease. This is, the, you know, you put this in and you get some fun. You get to watch multiple games. Hopefully, you've got Sunday ticket. You're watching them on multiple screens. Going back to the Denver Broncos not being trustworthy, you're going to take the Jets. They're currently plus one and a half. We're going to mm-hmm. push these lines seven points. When you're doing a tease, uh, you're trying to get through the three and through the seven. So you don't want it, if the line is, you don't want to have the line land on seven, you want to get past it. So you get that touchdown, you get that field goal in your in your sight. So I wanted to do a six point tease, but this doesn't work with the, and you'll see what I'm talking about now. So we're going to move the Jets to plus eight and a half. Okay. Next, Detroit Lions against the Panthers. Detroit is, is minus nine and a half point favorites. You bump them seven, you get to minus two and a half. That gets you through the field goal. So that means all they got to do is win by three. If you move that mm-hmm. line against the three, that's a push. Mm-hmm. You either get your money back, but that's only if you hit all the other legs of your bet. Um, last one, Colts plus one versus the – who are the Colts playing? The Colts are playing the oh, – Titans. Titans, thank you. Going back to the mm-hmm. Titans, not being good. Division game, but it's in Indianapolis – they play tough. They battle back. I think the Colts are. I think the Colts are going to win, but we don't need them to win. We're going to push them to plus eight, so they could lose okay. by a touchdown. I don't see Tennessee that game against the Bengals. The Bengals are in shambles. They are. Uh, they're like the dog sitting in a house of fire, just saying this is fine. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's nothing's <laughs> yeah. good over there. It's not fine. Nothing's fine over there in, in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So you put those three together. The odds you're going to get for that that I found is plus one twenty. Love it. Okay. Money, I like it. You're getting, a, you're getting a lot of points. Uh, do not fear the Jets because I don't think Denver uh, – I don't think Denver's good. No. Javante Williams is going to be out. They had that rookie, Jaleel McLaughlin, who looked good. But the Jets' defense is special. Yeah. Uh, they really are. And 
whatever. Zach Wilson is riding some kind of thing. I think they can lose by seven, and it's, we're still going to win money. So yeah, I think the uh, I don't think the Jets are good, but I think that their defense is good enough to not lose by a touchdown to just about anybody. How do you go down to seven to the Bears? Yeah, they stink. Ooh, they stink. That is bad. They stink. Okay, three. My three picks. The officials. Uh, I'm going back to betting a spread, and I'm going to do it. Sarah, this is so that you can have a fun Sunday. I'm going to take mm-hmm. over 45 points, Dallas, San Fran. Okay. I love it. I like it. It would be a good game. Def- I don't know. It could be a defensive battle, but I think that's what everyone's taking. So I kind of like that spread. Yeah. So I, I think uh, we've had a lot of duds on these night games. And mm-hmm. one of these is going to hit as like, wow, that was like a, a sick game to watch. And yeah. 45 points isn't even necessarily giving you that. No. But McCaffrey's a touchdown machine, and, mm-hmm. and I could see it being a situation where the Cowboys' defense is putting Purdy into a lot of problems where he's throwing picks. And, like, this yeah. could go a million ways. I don't think after watching Dallas do that to New England, I don't think they're getting blown out. I think this is going to be a higher-scoring game. I think both teams are going to be trying to, like, show who's the best in the NFC. So I think we're going to get mm-hmm. some points. I like that. I think that's a fun one to root for too. You know, it's like okay. it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously you're you're vested enough, Sarah, but uh, I you mm-hmm. know I, I don't know what to make of that game. Bet the over mm-hmm. over points. Yeah. Um, upset pick of the week. Love it. The Rams plus four and a half at home against the Eagles. Mm. Cooper Cup's coming. Love this too. Cooper Cup is at practice. Uh, Matt Stafford looks dangerous. He looks like he's playing well. Their offensive line held up fine. The left tackle came mm-hmm. back and played. Um, they stayed healthy for most of the game. Puka Nakua is like the real deal, I guess. Seems very, very yeah. good. Waiting for that guy to go yeah. away. Kyron Williams is like the biggest story of running back that no one's talking about. Like, mm-hmm. he's awesome. Uh, and, and like I said, I'm just not buying the Eagles yet. Like, I just think there's mm-hmm. something funky. And I like Sean McVay. And, I, I don't think they're going to lose at home. I don't think they do that at home. So you're, you're having yeah. them, you're having them to upset, or you, you're taking them to win? No, 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 no. You're taking them. Sorry to win. Right. Money line. Money. Win. Okay. That's right. Plus one. I see. I see you're trying to win me back this week. It's working so far. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. I'm. I'm. I'm here. I'm at your mercy. I've I've learned one thing from this podcast, and it's don't bet against Sarah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you're hopefully you're on board with this one. This will be. I would call this my pick of the week. And you can take the points, you can take the money line, you'll get a little bit better if you do the money line. Texans plus two on the road against Atlanta. All right. Atlanta coming back from London. They're currently in the process of turning back into humans from their animated Toy Story characters. That's going to take a lot out. <laughs> That'll hurt. Um, I think you got to think about travel that way, too. Like, they're coming back um, from being abroad. They... They played terrible. Bijan Robinson is great, but they they were awful. They and, I, and and they looked even worse on t- in Andy's room. Like yeah. they were <laughs> they were horrendous. It was it was crazy to be able to only watch Disney animation and be like, this team sucks. Yeah, they were they looked like they were from yeah. like Sid's room. They got like yeah. messed, messed up pieces. <laughs> yeah, but Bijan Robinson had the rocket up his ass. Yeah. So he was the only one. <laughs> he did mm-hmm. look good. But yeah, I completely agree. I don't know what. At some point, the only thing that scares me about that, did they just decide to play Heineke? And is Heineke good for six quarters of the year or something? Like, right. is, is he going to come in in the second half and light it up and go crazy? Because Ritter is, uh, I think, unabashedly not the guy. Yeah, I just, I agree with you. And I think with the Texans, it's like, we're going to get to the end of the year. 
Um, or we're going to get to the middle of the year and we're going to start being like, wow, Nico Collins is just like a top wide receiver. Yeah. And wow, Tank Dell is one of the best rookie receivers in the league. And Robert Woods, former Buffalo Bill. Bobby Treat has always been, I mean, aside from being injured, he's he's a great receiver when he's healthy. They have Damian yeah. Pierce. They have Devin Singletary, former Buffalo Bills. So they're starting to turn into the diet, diet Buffalo Bills. <laughs> so you know <laughs> Um, and they have Jerry, Jerry Hughes is still on that team, also from the Bills. Yeah. Uh, I think the coach is great. I think uh, I think C.J. Stroud is definitely, if you do a redraft, he's the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Hard, okay. to, hard to disagree with. Uh, he's got these. Yeah. I don't think he's thrown a pick yet. He's he's on some sort of like if you look, I yeah. think the only player to have better stats than him to, to start their career is Cam Newton, and Cam Newton was nasty on the Panthers when he came out. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So. I just think he's riding the Texans. I don't think Vegas is giving them resp- – they're waiting. Like, pretty soon these lines are going to switch, and I think they're going to start being favorites yeah. in a lot of these. They're still, like, I think you can get 4-1 to one or 5-1 to one odds for them to win the division. So, wow. if you sit here this time next week, I think we're – I think we all need to put our collective minds together and watch the Colts and watch the Texans, and we should put in a podcast bet. Love mm-hmm. I can talk you guys into it on one of those two to win the division, or both. Maybe both. I like that. So overall, we got the uh, little sprinkler uh, bet, the, the seven uh, the seven point tees, three team parlay. We got the Jets uh, that'll bring it up to plus eight, Lions that'll bring you up to minus two, and the Colts that'll bring you up to plus eight. And then the Blazers' official best bets: Dallas, San Fran over forty five, the Rams upset pick of the week, money line Rams. If you want, you can uh, go plus four and a half, but uh, I like the Rams money line. And then bet of the week: Texans plus two or money line if you're feeling frisky. Uh, but uh, the Texan or the uh, Texas plus two. Take the points. Take just the in points. case. So you yeah. can't play me. So I love it. I'm saying take the points. So points and points of the official bed bet. And now Mike's got a little something on the line here. Obviously, we're four and four, still 500. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we got a big old shot, uh, fat shot of Malort waiting for him. If, uh, if we got it, if we start, things start going south. So things are fun. Mm-hmm. I play rather making money or Mike's yes. chicken wormwood. Now, listen, podcast listeners, podcast mm-hmm. hosts, everybody gather around. The real bet should be, but I'm not going to say it. It should be Bill's minus five and a half against Jacksonville because I'm getting on a plane tomorrow and I'm flying over to London <laughs> and I'm going to be cheering on our Buffalo Bills shirtless, uh, paint. I think we're doing full body paint. Oh, for my buddy Joe's getting married, and we are going to be 26 Bills fans strong, and I think it's going to be a predominantly – I think the Bills are going to fill up Tottenham Stadium a lot more than people think. Uh, and the Jaguars, as much as the Bills are dealing with a travel delay, Jaguars have been there. I listened to a good a good point was they're, they're thinking at the end, if this game gets south at all, that at the end of this, the next bus they get on is the bus that takes them home to their families. They've been away from home. So I don't know how much of a travel advantage they really have being in another country for two weeks. These guys are fathers and they've got families and friends and things they want to do. And they've been basically trapped in a hotel for two weeks in London. Yeah. Yeah. You sound like you're from London. You sound like you're from London. Yeah. I don't really understand why that's always such a big deal. It's like, it obviously, I mean, people do talk about like, you know, New York going to LA and New York going to San Francisco as like kind of a travel delay. The same Distance. It's really not that much farther east <coughs> coast as it is, bless you, east to uh, east to uh, to London. So I uh, I am with you on that. I don't think it's as big a deal as people uh, make it out to be. I will uh, text into the podcast and let you know how tired yeah. I am. Maybe I'm going to be like, I'm so sleepy. This yeah. is really bad. <laughs> we are going to need. We're going to need to hear about how London is. Five updates. 
I am upset that um, you are going to go to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium before I am, but that's uh, uh, that's for another day. Go Spurs! Oh yeah, come on! Hey, come on, you Spurs! Here we go. Spurs, <laughs> but uh, we listen. We're hoping to make some money this week. I'm feeling good about the slate. I'm feeling good about the picks. Uh, we appreciate you. And listen, Mike, you, you know, you, uh, you may have gone out, you know, 0-3 last week, but you're uh, 3-0 in our hearts mm. and you're uh, you're not mm-hmm. going anywhere. We got to keep riding your picks. You got your finger on the pulse and uh, and we appreciate That's it. That's it. That's it. Thank mm-hmm. you. Shout out. Shout out, Blayhive. Hey, shout out, Blayhive. Shout out. <laughs> shout out to uh, whose wedding is it? Joe, Joe Altieri. Shout out to Joe. Shout out, Joe. Let's uh, go have a – we need to get you back safe from one. As a married man, Sasha, you can say it's the greatest decision ever. It, right? That it is. That it is. Never, oh. never a minute of being like, oh, number one. All right, we got to cut this off. <laughs> we, we're not still recording. Right? <laughs> I love my wife. It, we, uh, <laughs> we, but more importantly, listeners, we love you guys. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, mm-hmm. We're very excited. Any uh, Continue to build on the three-point stances. If you have any uh, any hot picks, any hot takes, let them know. We'll put them out on the Instagram as well. Uh, thanks. Mm-hmm. What hot picks are you trying to have people send you? We're, we're having hot picks. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Your hot gambling picks. Your hot gambling picks. <laughs> uh, we appreciate everybody for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Player Yards Right on Instagram. Uh, and we appreciate it. We will talk to you next week.